Glad you're with us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Just a second, we're going to talk about you not ripping yourself off. Clark.com is our main website. Clarkdeals.com is where you can go for us to save you money around the clock. Speaking of saving money, it's really in right now to buy clothing used. I want to tell you how big that's become and who it's really appealing to. So we're in moving into home renovation season when people look around and say, you know, I'd really like a new kitchen. I'd really like to have a new bathroom, whatever. And my son and I were in Ikea last weekend. And it was packed beyond belief. Well, that's Ikea on a weekend. But what was most crowded were the kitchen redesign areas. I mean, people were piled in those and looking at ideas. People were taking pictures with their phones, which I don't know if you need to do because it's probably all on Ikea.com. But people were looking at these Ideas to put in new cabinets, new countertops, new floors, new appliances, the whole thing. And I was looking at how much it costs, even at Ikea, to do those kitchen renovations. It's a lot. So if somebody does it, according to the industry, uh, the Trade Association and the National Association of Realtors, and the NARI, the National Association of Remodeling Industry, they both do these studies about how much your renovation's worth. So you redo your kitchen, typical kitchen redo, you'll get back out of it just a little more than 50 cents on the dollar. So if you spend, uh, let's just keep it simple, 10000 for a kitchen redo, it will increase the value of your home at best, typically, $5,900. So you're, if you're doing it with the idea of getting more money selling your home, you're actually net negative $4,100 in that example. And this is true for one thing after another you might do to your home that you're going to get a return not close to what you put into it. Big thing people do is add a new master bedroom, new master suite with fancy bathroom and closets and bedroom and all that. That's very popular addition people will do to their home return on that also about 50 cents on the dollar so if you spend twenty thousand dollars adding on that master it will net the value of your home ten thousand so you're down ten what does pay hottest thing right now that'll pay off more than a dollar for each dollar you spend because of what people are looking for in most of the country hardwood floors will make a difference according to a story in CNN Business. And doing something like updating the heating and cooling systems in a home, insulating, they come close to recovering their costs and netting what you'll get. But I want to tell you my simple rule. The reason you renovate a home or add on to it is for your enjoyment. Do not con yourself into thinking that you're doing an investment that's going to have a positive return in cash. You're doing that for you to enjoy the place. 
And that's the reason you do it. Franklin's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Franklin. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Franklin. Hope you're having a good day. I am. Wonderful day here. I have a quick question. I have taken your advice over the years with uh, home security and have advised a number of my friends who have done the same, and we're saving tons of money, so thank you. But we had a question concerning the Uma Butterfly Eye, and I wanted to take on it before I move forward and give it a try. So for people who are not aware, Uma sells OOMA that started off just as a very affordable, very reliable home or business phone service, now offers a variety of things, including home security systems. Now, the butterfly fits right into that home security thing in that it does something that is a somewhat controversial thing. It uses artificial intelligence and facial recognition to be able to, if somebody is on your premises and is picked up by the butterfly camera, it's able to identify that they are someone who is recognized as living in the home or allowed in the home, and or it will notice that there's somebody who the algorithm doesn't say is supposed to be there and alert you right away that there's a potential intruder in your home. That is the product you were talking about, right? Yes, correct. That is that is it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's a couple of hundred dollars, which is a lot more than a lot of the no-frills security cameras you can have. But the idea of it is that it gives you an additional layer of security if you want to make sure that if you live in an area where you're worried about potential break-ins or whatever intruders, that it will give you potentially that peace of mind. Okay. Yeah, because I sort of sensors. I sort of have the sensors you could put under windows and that type of thing. Now, that's the that's if you engage it with the entire security system. So okay. there, there's, I would look at it this way. It's an enhancement that sits mm-hmm. on top of UMA Home Security. Okay. And that it's part of what everybody is trying to do right now in this area with Nest being involved and um, Ring is involved and all these companies are trying to have sophisticated home security systems that mimic what the most sophisticated corporate security systems do. Okay. And so oh. this is this is something that you would be, you're early in the game okay. with an uh, facial recognition, artificial intelligence kind of component to a security system. Okay, sounds good. Maybe I'll give it a try. All right, and if you do, please yeah. let us know what your experience is like so okay. we can share that with others if you don't mind. Uh, absolutely, will do. Thanks, Clark. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. DJ's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, DJ. Hey, Clark, how are you? Great, thank you, DJ. So you're a pharmacist. Yes, sir. Recently graduated. How do you like it? I love it. I love I love what I do. That's great. You know, uh, some people in pharmacy seem to be burning out a little from the pressure of how many prescriptions they have to issue per shift and the hours, but you're doing exactly what you should be doing, I gather. 
yeah, it, it gets tough sometimes, but uh, it's it's always for for the help of somebody else. So that's the, that's the way I look at it. Were you prepared for how many people think you're a doctor somehow and they come up and they ask you about every illness they could possibly have? Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I usually just have to refer them out just because I'm, I'm not specialized in, that, in those specific areas or, you know, whatever their specific question is. So is there one particular really odd question somebody's asked you at some point? It's usually, what is this rash? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to be a dermatologist and a pharmacist, I guess. There's some things that are easily identifiable, but other things are just, uh, you know, they need to be seen by a specialist for, for whatever reason. Well, DJ, how can I be of service to you since you now live your life being of service to others? Yep. Um, so I've got about two hundred and forty thousand dollars in in, uh, in uh, student loans. Um, Whoa! Yeah, pharmacy school is expensive. Um, it's almost three times the normal cost as it was about uh, ten, fifteen years ago. Wow! Um, yeah. What kind of loans are these? Are these private or these? They are all uh, mixed with uh, Grad Plus loans and Stafford loans. All all federal loans. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Okay, so I was shallow breathing. Now I can breathe again. So they're they're yeah. all <laughs> um, federal. What kind of yeah, rates do they carry? I've got an average percentage of about six uh, percent. Some are at, at higher percentages. Uh, some are at three and a half. Some are at seven and a half. But an average is around six. Okay. All right. Well, how are we going to tackle these? That was my uh, question exactly. Um, so I don't I don't have any other type of debt. I do plan on purchasing a house in the next year, year and a half. I'm getting married. Congratulations. Um, so to, thank you. Thank you. Just trying to get your, uh, your opinion or your advice on how, um, you know, how should, I should go about it. Uh, I don't have any other you know, monthly payments or anything. If I should go all in on the student loans or, you know. Yeah. So, so it's hard because, um, you know, if you don't save any money at all for various purposes, it's like you get a step behind, but at the same time, particularly with loans at seven and a half percent, that's like tying both hands behind your back. So yeah. let's talk strategy. So as a pharmacist, you're earning pay probably about half of what your student loan debt is, I would guess. Correct. Uh-huh. All right. So that's that makes it a heavy burden. Generally, once your student loan debt exceeds what you're earning in a year it does make these decisions much more complicated so the uh, where you're working as a pharmacist do they have any kind of retirement plan that you're eligible for uh they do yeah yeah and do they offer a match on that uh yeah they match uh there's a certain maximum percentage that they max all right so barring everything else you want to accomplish in your life the first thing you do is you put into that retirement plan to grab all that match money. Okay. Like a 401k Roth IRA or uh, Yeah, they probably the, the employer probably offers a 401k or a Roth 401k. Mm-hmm. And you want to be in that and grab 100% of the match. Yep. Whatever you have to put in and that takes money off the table that you could be putting towards a down payment on a house paying toward the student loans or whatever, but that's got to come first because it's free money. Yeah. And it, it keeps you from falling behind on saving for retirement. And then what I would do is 
I would come up with a plan how much you'd have to put aside each month to pay the minimums required on the three and a half and the six, mm-hmm. and then what the minimum would be on the seven and a half, and then whatever surplus money you can free up in your budget, mm-hmm. take half of it and put towards the principal of the seven and a half percent loan every month, mm-hmm. and the other half in an account to start saving down payment for your house. Yeah, that is that is exactly what I've been doing. Uh, you know, I've been listening to you for a while. Uh, my dad actually recommended me to you, and and he, his his strategy is exactly the same as yours. So. And and again, it's not. There's no hundred percent right answer here. Oh, yeah. But that's the baseline of priorities. Okay. And then once you finish paying off the seven and a half. Um, mm-hmm. then you would turn your attention to the next highest rate. The lowest priority, obviously, is the 3.5% borrower. Yep. So yep. That, that's down the list. Well, best to you, and I hope that you can serve people for a very long time. And the punchline, the toughest question I have to ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Does your intended no that you've got a quarter million dollars in student loan debt? She knows. She knows. <laughs> and it didn't scare her away. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> well, that is true love that she's willing to to get involved in that. But with the income that you'll grow over time and with the discipline you show, you'll hit your goals, I can tell. Sheila's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly. And Sheila... You have a question about a possibility of getting your finances completely under your control and viewpoint. Yes, that is my goal. And I didn't even know there were things that or apps that could do that for me. And I heard about one on your program a couple of weeks ago that I have downloaded. Which one is um, it? Mint. Oh, Mint. Yeah, yeah Mint's the real deal. Yeah, and that's why I did it because you you know said it was safe, and I read about it, and it seems like it's it really is. Well, I feel real safe using it. Um, the the question I have is, um, I know I I also learned from you about using a dedicated computer at home that you only um, use for your finances and not surfing the net or doing anything extra, which is what I was going to put my mint dot com on. But what I've seen on the app is like people holding their phone in their hand on the app using Mint.com and holding their tablet. So now I'm confused. Using apps on a phone is considered to be superior and safer than doing things on a laptop or desktop. Okay. Because the architecture, the app is completely controlled by the organization, in this case Mint, where when you're on a browser, there's so many different issues. Okay. So I find the that using a financial app is a safer gateway than going to something on your computer. But if you have a financial computer and you never do email on it, none of that stuff, and you have your bank account, brokerage account if you have one, mutual fund, retirement account, and you choose to use men on it, that's great. Because you put up barriers that should, by limiting so strictly what that computer is used for, you should be fine. 
And so that and that was my question. Does Mint have its own it's its own separate entity on the phone so that it's not out there in, you know, where where viruses can get it um, as easy as if you were just browsing? Well, that's a great question. Are you on an iPhone or an Android? An iPhone. So iPhone, Apple doesn't offer some of the products that are available for people on Android, but Apple vets their apps enough that I would be comfortable with using an iPhone and using the Mint app. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And there's a technique that people are using to stretch their dollars, and that is taking advantage of how much things depreciate from new to used. And one area that is NNN women's clothing, buying that used, particularly higher-end stuff. That's why Nordstrom is now actively selling used clothes. And they're joining a bunch of others that have already made that move. Macy's is doing that. Um, Also, there are the independents. We've talked about ThreadUp. In real, real, the real, real. Do I remember Kim? You bought from ThreadUp. You just knew about it. Yeah, ThreadUp. I did buy from once. Real, real. I think you have experience with from Lane, right? Oh, my wife buys from the real, real. I uh, you know so. the UPS. No, is it they FedEx now or UPS? Whichever it is. I mean, the notification day after day. <laughs> of the, the real, real. Either her selling on real, real, which is a lot of what she does, or buying but just great just about everything she wears is used so guys stuff don't buy guys clothing used unless it's suits or something because guys i mean we wear things clothing until it's got holes all through it and that's just who we are okay joel smiling kim's nodding is that true for you oh yeah i was just so my my youngest daughter was like grabbing a hold of my shirt the other day and she popped a button off and i've had that shirt i swear for 15 years and i bought it used so i know that someone wore it for like 20 years before that so man this shirt totally got its uh its life out of it for sure it's the same with sean stuff like we both love going to the thrift store so he will buy some stuff that's used but then like joel he'll keep it way too long and every once in a while i have to kind of go through the drawers and just slowly remove things and hope that he doesn't notice yeah because guys for the most part there are exceptions (laughs) to all these rules but guys generally are not into fashion and so we stay out of fashion forever so the clothes we wear we wear till they fall apart so they're not really desirable secondhand women on the other hand it's a deal and i've said about this before and it's caused some clark stinks but furniture is the household item that depreciates quicker than just about anything else. And so let me, for you post on Clark Sinks, let me just tell you the big thing with used furniture is a lot of times people don't want to go anywhere near upholstered furniture that's used. Uh, And we had somebody complain about wood furniture that was used. But usually when I say anything about buying used furniture, It's usually the upholstered furniture that people get upset with me about. But furniture drops 
and value so much that a lot of times if you're relocating and you need stuff, you can probably find it free on FreeCycle or a lot of times on Craigslist where you can get furniture to furnish a place instead of even having to pay for it. Rick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Rick. How are you today? I'm having a great day, Rick. Hope yours Good. is. Yeah, yeah. I've, well, my wife and I are doing a, um, a European um, boat cruise from Amsterdam down to Hungary. And I got my, I got to tell you, my mother-in-law and father-in-law did that trip, uh-huh. and they loved it. Well, they didn't like good, it. They loved that trip. I've heard good things. Hey, um, on my list of uh, things to do, you know, besides health care, credit card, travel insurance, the STEP program with the government, you know, is cell phones. You know, and I'm just kind of wondering, you know, I, I, I got AT&T and I was looking at my plan, you know, and it says I've got international messaging. Is that good enough? Depends on how much you want to stay in contact with family and friends. You're going to have no data then. And I hate to ask you this question, Rick. How old are you? Oh, I'm, I'll be 65 in December. All right. I want I'm, you to I'm, know about a T-Mobile plan. Okay. It's for people who are 55 and older. Mm-hmm. If you'll switch to T-Mobile, yep. you'll have unlimited talk, text, and data for a grand total, including junk fees, of $70 a month for both lines, 35 each. Okay. I don't know what you pay AT&T right now. Well, it's 30 bucks a month. Per and, line? Um, just for one line. And uh, See, we're, we're, we live rurally, and we were with, tra- we were with another Track uh, phone? provider. Yes. Yeah. But they don't have great coverage where we're living. So it's like, well, I went to AT&T. My wife is still with the other folks. Because her phone actually works better in the southern parts of the country. And we're leaning toward getting rid of our landline. But maybe the T-Mobile thing is the thing to do. If they have, if, if T-Mobile has coverage that's sufficient where you live and where your wife travels in the southern part of the country, mm-hmm. the unlimited 55 with the two lines total for 70 a month, what's so great about that is you get unlimited free texting and data when you travel outside the United States in almost every country in the world. So it means as you'd go down the Danube or whatever the route is you're going, (laughs) that you would have the ability to stay in touch with people with the not only the unlimited text, but the unlimited data. Part of my adventure, though, is not to be in touch. (laughs) Well, if you don't want to be in touch, you could stay with the plans you're with, Sure. With uh, your wife on track phone and you on AT&T, you could live with just your texting and anywhere you have Wi-Fi and in the uh-huh. towns you stop, free Wi-Fi is available like all over you. Your, okay. You know, any, okay. Any cafe, coffee shop, hotel lobby, and there's going to be free Wi-Fi. And you could at that point communicate with people back in the U.S., uh, go check your email, things like that. Right, right. So if okay. you if you want to somewhat disconnect, <laughs> but no, you still have the texting. You could just stick with what you've got. 
sure. Okay. But if well, your wife you. is like, I, what are you talking about? We got to stay in touch with family. Well, I'm not so sure, you know. I mean, part of the, part of the, we were just up in the Boundary Waters and there was no cell phone service and I kind of liked it, you know. All right. Do you know I used to go canoeing in the Boundary Waters? You ever yeah, heard me talk no, about I that? Did. Uh-uh. Yeah, I used to go canoeing up there, you know, where... You know, carry a canoe on my shoulders, backpack. You bet. That's, I'm, I, you know, we just did a trip like that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm just happy I can still do it, you know. Well, I I will not do that anymore because I am <laughs> not sleeping outside anymore. That's sleeping over. On the, sleeping on the ground was uh, eye-opening at this age, you know. But uh, Well, for uh, me, that age ended a long time ago that I'm going to sleep on the ground. If you're not familiar with the Boundary Waters, it's one of the most magnificent places in the United States. It actually crosses into southern Ontario, I guess southwestern Ontario, and there are these magnificent chains of lakes that you portage from lake to lake. That means you just carry the canoe on your shoulders. And most of these lakes, no motorized craft at all. You have no communication with the outside world. The only way you would be able to communicate is satellite phone. If you want to really get away from it all and see magnificent beauty in northern Minnesota and southern Ontario, Canada, Boundary Waters is great. Charlie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Clark. Yeah, so my wife and I are looking at possibly buying our first home, and uh, we have a daughter, and we have a lot picked out, and I would like to buy a house that's already built a lot cheaper, and she's more wanting to buy this lot and build a house on it. No. And, uh, <laughs> oh, have her call me. I will tell her every reason in the world that uh, she may be right about everything else in life, but yep. this one she's not. <laughs> okay, okay. And that's wow. Trying to, yeah, slow, you know, trying to slow everybody down. And just have everybody involved. Hey, let's look at these numbers. And uh, the last thing I want to do is overpay for land and then build a house on it and not have it, you know, be worth that. And, you know, it is the house that we'd want to live in probably the rest of our lives. And the schools are great in the area. And that's very important to us. And the location is growing and it's in between all of our jobs. And, but, you know, so it's perfect, except. The except is you don't want to put yourself in a situation where the two of you are anxious because of the money you have to come up with every month to create this perfect house. That's exactly it. And and I worry that if she lost her job, you know, I I wouldn't be able to afford it on just my salary without getting some help. And her parents say they would help us. And I really appreciate that. But you know, it's a so the big, parents are uh, enablers pouring gasoline on this new home fire, huh? <laughs> That's exactly right, and it's exploding right in my lap. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, normally I say happy wife, happy life, but mm-hmm. this is an exception to that, too. Building a house sticks up on land you own is not for the faint of heart. Things always take longer and cost more than you suspect, and it's much more expensive to build a one-off home versus one that's in a neighborhood of production building where they're building one and another and another and another. Is this a production build neighborhood where you buy a lot or is this land where it would just be your house being built? 
production. There, there's homes there, and there's other free lots that are, are going to be built on. So yeah. if it's a production builder, it's not as risky as I thought you were leading me down the path of, but you get much more house, much lower cost per square foot buying an existing home than you do building your own sticks up, even with a production builder. Okay. okay. And you eliminate the uncertainty. You eliminate the time involved. You find a house you want. It's already stood the test of time. You buy it. And I much prefer you buy in an established neighborhood, not mm-hmm. one that has a lot of vacant lots, because what can happen is if the market turns, and this is what happened so much earlier this decade, you may be sitting in a house of X price point, and then the lots end up selling to a builder who builds houses at X minus 50%. And you're mm-hmm. just killed on the comps. Right. And there's no guarantee that they would do something different than that, right? I mean, they can Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Okay. If, you, if your wife, instead of you uh, having this argument with her, see if you can get your wife to call me and I'll as calmly as I can tell her why buying an existing home, a used home, is a much better idea for your wallet and your sanity as a couple than building a new home. I might not be able to convince her, though. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're speaking now with Tom. Tom, it's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. Thanks, Clark. Hey, I'm a longtime listener and first-time caller. I appreciate you having me on. Sure. And I appreciate everything that you, you and your team do for us. Well, I understand you're interested in one of the real estate groups where you pool your money with others to buy individual properties. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So, you know, I have a a good problem. Basically, I'm fortunately on debt free and I'm looking for investment options, you know, beyond the typical Roth IRA and 401k options. Well, then I got to stop you right there. Are you maxing out both of those? Yes, sir. I am. All right. So you're a max saver. You're my kind of guy. You're saving money like crazy. Yep. Trying to, trying to. And, uh, I'm just looking to diversify my, my portfolio, and, you know, the REITs looked interesting, especially these online types that, you know, advertise lower fees and lower, you know, barriers to entry. So just wanted to get your thoughts if they're legit and, and how you feel about them as an option. So uh, to me, they're kind of a hybrid between you owning an individual property or properties that you would manage and rent out or being in a widely diversified real estate investment trust. So Mm -hmm. the fees, depending on which one you go to, 
tend to have fees of 1% to 2% per year and also may or may not have a fee for starting up. Now, as an alternative, if you were going into like a, a REIT itself, you might find, or a REIT index fund, you would mm-hmm. likely get more diversification and end up with much lower costs if you were to do that. And so okay. that is just a thought for you because the expenses in a lot of the REIT exchange traded funds are under 0.2% per year. Okay. So basically free. Vanguard, which is the lowest cost provider, is 01 actually, uh, that's essentially free investing. So I like the idea of you being as diversified as possible if you're going to go in any kind of real estate investment trust where there are a lot of different properties, not a very narrow focus, because there's more risk up and down with a narrow focus. And I also don't want you to end up in a situation where you have cost drag with the investment you're in. So keeping the costs as low as possible makes me a lot happier. Great. I appreciate the advice. So what you're considering is not a scam. It's not okay. a ripoff. It's just a higher cost way to do it with what feels to me like more risk involved. Okay. All right. So the Vanguard offers index-traded funds that are maybe a better lower-cost option. And it's not just Vanguard. I mean, there are a variety of people offering REIT indexes, plural B indices, indexes, whatever, but Vanguard's the cheapest of them. And they offer both an ETF. Are you familiar with ETFs, exchange-traded funds? Actually, you could explain that a little bit further. That'd be great. Yeah, because I talk about that without really thinking through. Maybe I should explain what ETF is. Exchange traded fund, it's where you buy a equivalent of an old-fashioned index fund or mutual fund, buying it like it's a, a stock instead of a fund. And so you okay. have that choice with Vanguard as well as other providers where you can buy either the ETF version or the fund version. And there are advantages and disadvantages to each. And if you decide you want to stay in Vanguard's world, then read the differences of the REIT index fund and compare that to the REIT index ETF and see where you'd want to be. If it's With others, the difference with the ETF is it will be lower cost than other providers equivalent of a fund. Okay. So uh, that's, that's the easiest, quick explanation I can give. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.